Thank you for joining us for this podcast of the Family Fellowship of Greenville, located in Greenville, Texas. If you'd like more information about our church, please log on to www.familyfellowship.us or email us at info at familyfellowship.us. Now here's lead pastor, Paul Blue. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to please turn to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. And uh, I actually just want to start maybe with a question and... and uh, I know that some of you, anytime I do that, would you, you know, let me know by raising your hand? You don't raise your hand, and I, I get it. Um, but I'm going to still ask anyway. Uh, just, I'm curious for me. If you have never uh, been a part of an extended study of the Book of Revelation, not I'm just talking about in your in your private reading, or whatever, but as far as like in a in a Bible study in church, if you've never been in an extended study of the book of Revelation, would you raise your hand? I'd like to see. Okay, this is going to rock for you this summer. I just want you to know. And uh, so anyway, everybody loves uh, a, a good mystery. You know, whether it's in movie or book form, you love the feeling, the the tension that a good mystery provides. But some of you may be like me. If I'm going to take in a mystery, it's going to have to be in movie form. Because if I do it in book form, I, I get to the to the point in the book, you know, I'm, I'm I'm reading at night and the suspense is killing me and I need to go to sleep, but I just can't until I know. So you go to the back, make sure that everything's, you find the end result. Now, okay, I'll finish the book later, you can go to bed, right? So... For example, maybe when I was younger, I would be reading, and it's, and it's right before bedtime, and I'm getting to the place in the book where Penelope is tied to the train tracks. And, and Dudley Do-Right is chained to the log on the buzzsaw. And Black Bart is watching, and he's gleefully wringing his hands, and he's laughing. <laughs> right? And, and it's like, okay, I, there's no way I can go to sleep w- with this uh, leaving it off right here, and so you go to the back of the book, and, and, and when you do that, you read where Black Bart is in jail, and Penelope and Dudley are walking in the sunset together, holding hands, living happily ever after. And as I'm a child and I'm reading this, once I know the end, I could get past the su- suspense, get past the mystery, and I could rest easy. But I had to go to the back of the book to make sure that all was well in the end. And that's exactly what we're going to do this summer with a summer teaching series titled Revelation End Time Prophecy Made Simple. Now, there was discussion on whether or not we should go with the kind of current trend of the day and call it, you know, prophecy for dummies. But, you know, the crowd, when you do stuff like that, people don't show up a lot of times. So so we went prophecy made simple. The book of Revelation is a good mystery because it contains information on how all of this, how it all ends. It gives us clues about what the future and what eternity will look like. Now, there are a lot of things that we don't know right now as it pertains to what the future holds. But when we go to the back of the book, even if we go to the back, we may not know how it all is going to happen. But what we do is is we see... God and all of his children holding hands, if you will, living happily ever after, walking into the sunset, living happily ever after for eternity in a place 
that Jesus said in John 14, I'm going to prepare just for you. Biblical prophecy. It, it generates an intense amount of interest in the world today. As of last Wednesday, I know when I tell you this, some of you you are going to want to verify my facts and you're going to get your phone out to, to, to Google search it. Well, it's okay to go ahead and get your phone out. While you're doing it, turn your ringer off. Um, as of last Wednesday, I Googled this book of Revelation and I found 58.5 million web pages. By the way, I, I found where I had done this exact same... Sometimes I'm kind of really detailed about some of the things that I study. I found that I Googled this same thing uh, in about 2008. And at that point, there were only 3.5 million web pages. And now there are 58.5 million web pages. So there's a lot of interest in biblical prophecy. But we need to also go ahead and confess, admit there's also a lot of confusion. If you were to just go to the book of Revelation and start in chapter 1 and and read it straight through to chapter 22, you may end up with more questions than answers. And that leads to many people simply giving up and never cracking its pages ever again. For some of you here, when I told you to turn to Revelation chapter 1, it was hard to get to chapter 1 because the pages were still stuck together because you've never been uh, in, in this book at all. Uh, I think that one of the reasons that many times Christians get frustrated by the book of Revelation is because they don't have a great grasp on the books that precede it. You see, if we were to go to a bookstore and pick out a mystery, and let's just say that this mystery novel had 25 chapters, if we just went to the 25th chapter and read it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because we didn't have all the information that preceded it that allowed the the mystery and the suspense to build up. So you wouldn't have enough knowledge of the pre-story for the last chapter of that novel to accomplish anything. You see, for the last chapter to provide any clarity at all, you have to have some knowledge of the storyline to begin with. So to understand the book of Revelation, which is the 66th book in your Bible, the last book, it helps to have some understanding of the 65 books that precede it. So not only will we be looking in the book of Revelation, but we will also be looking at some other pertinent end-time prophecy pieces found in other parts of the Bible as well. Today is an introduction message to this series. I want to give you an outlook, an outline of the book of Revelation. But before I do that, I do feel like I need to say this. I am not in this series going to attempt to wow you with my prophetical prowess. This is not going to be a seminary-level class that will cause all of the prophecy geeks to break out their pocket protector full of multicolored highlighters. This is not the avenue for that. And I hope you understand that. Here's, here's what we need to... If we could do the simple math. I have 12 weeks this summer to do this. And I get 30 minutes a week. That's six hours. You cannot do the book of Revelation, in a deep study in six hours. And so that is not our goal at all. Our goal 
is to open up the book of Revelation to everybody. So for some of you, you're going to be like, this is awesome. Many of you, you've never been to study. You're going to go like, this is incredible. Some of you, you've, been, you've done a deep study of Revelation many times before. I probably will not teach you anything new, but I'll tell you what will happen. You'll be reminded of some really important things, maybe some things that, that you forgot about, right? So uh, we, we don't have a, a lot of time to cover details, and so my, my goal is just to, to, to make it simple. So let me begin by saying this. Understanding the book of Revelation is as easy as one, two, three. Now, that makes it sound pretty simple, right? Well, that's what we're going to kind of look at this morning. So first is the one. And the book of Revelation has one underlying theme, and that theme is Jesus. A lot of times people have the idea that the, that the themes that the themes or the main theme of the book of Revelation is judgment or the Antichrist, or the seven churches, or the rapture, or, or, or Armageddon. And all those are, are little parts of it, but, but that's not what the theme of the book is. The theme of the book is Jesus, who was from the beginning, and who will reign victorious in the end. Revelation chapter 1, let's begin looking in verse 1. And I'm going to ask you to, to, to mark through some stuff in, in your Bible and, and, and write some replacement things. So, in Revelation 1.1, it says this. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ. And I want to stop there for a second. And I'm, I'm going to ask you, if you're using an NLT like I am, to just just draw a line through the word from and write the word of above it. Okay, now I'm not taking liberties. The NLT is the only Bible that uses the word from. And it, in some places, this Greek word is translated from, but in others, it's of. And if you look in your notes in your NLT, it also includes the word of. But it's, it's, a, it's an important thing that we need to get. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation, this revelation of Jesus, to his servant John. Skip down to verse 8. Here's Jesus speaking. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. Skip to verse 17. When I, John says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he, Jesus, laid his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. So, so... The book of Revelation, the theme of the book of Revelation is Jesus, the first and the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the one who was, who is, and who is to come. It is. Let me just say it this way. It is about Jesus in all his glory being victorious over everything else. That's the theme of the book of Revelation. So don't get freaked out when you think about the book of Revelation. When you think of Revelation, you think of Jesus. Why? Because that's exactly what's happening. Jesus is being revealed. See, here's something that I've noticed. If we're not careful, we have a tendency to focus so much on the symbols of Revelation that we miss the Savior of Revelation. And to miss Jesus in this book is to miss the one main underlying theme. Jesus victoriously triumphant over all who oppose him. So it's as easy as one, two, three. One, one underlying theme, Jesus. Number two, 
the book of Revelation was written for two reasons. The first reason it was written is so that we can understand. If, if we go back to, to the first few words there of verse 1, this is a revelation of Jesus. The word revelation, we, we know what that means. It means to reveal, to show. And so, so let me give you a mental image to help you better understand what the book of Revelation is, is about. My wife, Lynn, and I, we've gone on a few Caribbean cruises, and we enjoy them. Uh, there's always an opportunity to go sit at the beach, feel the sun, feel the breeze, and smell the salt air, and, and watch and listen to the waves, and it's just super relaxing. But man, people watching at the beach is the best. I mean, it is the best. And I say it in jest, um, but see, we have to always be nice to everybody at church. We can judge people at the beach, right? Because we're not, we don't know them. They don't know us. We don't say anything, but you know, look, we all do it. We're like, can't unsee that. <laughs> see, the truth is, is when you're at the beach, there are things that sometimes you can't unsee. So we were, we were laying, uh, we were in, in a, in a beach on a, laying on the sand on a beach towel under a palm tree in Nassau. And uh, I'm going to bring up a, an, a, an image in Lynn's head that she's probably hoped would never come back again. But, but a man that was, a, he was at least 70 years old came by in a thong swimsuit. And he didn't just come by in a thong swimsuit because just in the next lot over was, was a bar. And I, actually, I was going to do it, but I better not. This this seventy something year old man in a thong swimsuit comes dancing and prancing for every he he was wanting to be seen. And so he walked up the beach and then he walked back down the beach and then there was a pier that went out in the water and he walked way out on the end of the pier and he was just a getting it. And it was so bad I went and washed my eyes out in the salty seawater. Another time we were on uh, we were on a Norwegian cruise, I think, and, and uh, it was taking us to their you know they have their private island where they that way they can get all the money that you spend. And so they took us to the private island, and and so there's the beach, there's the water, the beach, and then you know up there's all the the lounge chairs, and then there was the first row of I don't we couldn't decide what to call them, but they're lounge chairs that have a giant cover on them, and so that so you wouldn't be right in the sun, and so. Uh, most of all of the regular lawn chairs, beach chairs were taken that didn't have the cover. And, and, and then a lot of the ones with, with covers were taken too because, you know, they had to pay for them. There were more money. But so we rented one of those. It was in the first row of the ones with covers. And uh, so, again, we're getting lost in the beauty of the island and the blue water and the palm trees and all of that, music in the background, when all of a sudden the lady right in the in the lawn chair right in front of us stands up, and she doesn't have a swimsuit top on at all. And Lynn washed my eyes out with salty seawater. <laughs> Here's the point I'm trying to make. 
Even swimsuits that are revealing, if there is a swimsuit, don't show everything. Likewise, the book of Revelation reveals some things about what will happen at the end time, but it doesn't show everything. And But what God does reveal in the book of Revelation, he's doing so so that we can understand it. The second reason Revelation was written is so that we can be blessed. It's written for two reasons, so that we can understand, and then two, so that we can be blessed. Look at verse 3. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church. You know why we're doing this series this summer? Because I get to be blessed for it. But that's not all. And he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. If we went and asked 100 Jesus followers if they want to be blessed, all 100 are going to say yes. No one is going to say, no, I'd rather not experience God's goodness and favor in my life. I'm just, I'm just not comfortable with living fully. No, we all want to live blessed. And the Bible tells us here that there is a special blessing for those who read and who hear the book of Revelation and who take to heart what is written in it. And I want you to know right now that we as a church and you as an individual... We're going to receive an incredible blessing from God just because we've spent time in this book together. So there's one theme, Jesus. It's written for two reasons, so that we can understand and so that we can be blessed. And then the third part is the book of Revelation has three divisions. Three divisions. And these three divisions serve as an outline that will provide a working knowledge for us of this book. So the stuff that you're getting this morning, you need to hang on to because this is going to give you an outline to, to be able to refer back to to help you have a working knowledge of everything we're going to talk about all summer. But one thing that we've got to understand right up front that I've got to get in today, and it's simply this the book of Revelation is prophetic, that means it's revealing future events, and it's also symbolic. Now, That doesn't mean that everything in the book of Revelation is symbolism. It is to be interpreted literally. In other words, when you read it, you read it to to mean exactly what it says unless it's obvious that there is symbolism. Some of the symbolism in the book of Revelation is explained. Some of it is not. It goes back to the some things are revealing, but they don't reveal everything. But if you have some knowledge of the previous 65 books of the Bible, you will have a head start on what some of these symbols mean. Now, these three divisions of the book of Revelation are found in still in chapter 1. Look at verse 19. Jesus speaks to John, and here's what he says. Write down what you have seen. Now, I want you to do something. I want you to write, I want you to scratch through the word both. Okay, shouldn't be there. Um, sometimes when, when Bible translators are looking to make it as easily understandable as possible, they add words. And, and by the way, don't freak out. Every Bible translation has added in words. Because we could not, if we were to just take the Greek language of the New Testament and do it word for word, it would make no sense whatsoever. 
So every Bible translation has word, English words that they add in because we don't speak the same way. This just shouldn't be in there. It's not in the original manuscript. It's just, it's just a bad add-in. So just take it out. It's not in most all the other Bibles. So, verse 19. Write down what you have seen, the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. So here's, here's, what, here's the three divisions. First, what you have seen. That's what he says at the very beginning. Write down what you have seen. That is in Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1 records John writing what he had seen. So what is it? Well, look at verse 10. We're going to read a lot here. It was the Lord's day. And I, John, was worshiping in the Spirit. Suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. Verse 12, when I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. I'm going to stop there for a second. And it's writing just like this in, in Revelation chapter 1 that makes a lot of people go, I can't handle this. I have no idea what he's talking about. Well, I hate to tell you this, but there was a reason that you went to English class in junior high. Because what we're seeing here are things such as simile, Right? Um, let me just find something. Uh, his hair was white like wool. Remember a simile? It's a comparison. The use of the word like or as. It's not saying that he had wool on his head. It's a simile. It's obvious symbolism. There's also metaphor. Um, let, let me see. Uh, verse 16. Uh, in the middle of it, a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. It's a metaphor. But some of you, you have enough knowledge of the preceding 65 books that you've heard that two-edged sword before, haven't you? It refers to what? The Word of God. That's right. Um, so there's simile, metaphor. There are things that are be taken um, literally. And then there are just, just things that we look at that some are explained symbolism, some are not. Verse 17, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid, I'm the first and last, I'm the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you've seen, things that are now happening and things that will happen. And now, he's, now he explains some of the symbolism. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands. The seven stars are the angels or the messengers of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. What had John seen that he just wrote about? The first division. He had seen the living Christ in all his glory. He had seen the victorious Christ. Revelation chapter 1 is informing us that Jesus is alive and well. He's dwelling in heaven in all his glory. He's wearing priestly garments. He is our 
great high priest interceding uh, on our behalf. He is standing amidst, the Bible says, seven gold lampstands or seven churches. I'm going to talk more about that next week. Uh, and also the seven stars or the messengers of the churches. Let me just say this. I'm, I'll touch on that briefly just so we don't lose it. These are seven literal churches at the time of John. And I, I didn't read the names just for time's sake. They're in, in verse 11. Seven literal churches at the time of John. And each of those churches had a messenger, a leader, one who spoke the word to them. And, and what Jesus is, is saying is, is I'm up in the big middle of the church and its leadership. And I'm there to strengthen it and to empower it because it, like myself, is going to be victorious. But it's not only the seven literal churches. Those seven literal churches also represent the church age. And so all churches from the time of Acts chapter 2 until now and on until Christ comes is being referred to there. So it's divided into three divisions. First, what what John had seen. Then it went on to say what is happening now. And that's in chapters 2 and 3. Now you have to not only mark in your Bible, you've got to mark in your notes because I, I just clicked the wrong keys. So correct your notes on that. Should be chapters two and three, not three and four. That's in your in your message notes. Chapters two and three are what is happening now, and and the now, of course, is during John's time, not our time. So the message to the seven churches were warnings to those churches during John's time regarding conditions that existed in them, both strengths and weaknesses. But the message to those seven churches are also messages. They're prophetic messages to the church age even today. From John's day until the rapture of the church, Jesus, the high priest, is judging and strengthening his church and his churches through his word. And let me say that, you know, a lot of times we get, we get kind of worked up about um, church leaders that are asking people to give them $55 million for a jet etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or things that they say and all that. Now, look, every local church ought to have enough sense to know how to deal with that. But if they don't, there is somebody who does. And Jesus Christ will judge church leaders, even if churches don't. Um, so we're, we're a part of this what is happening now division. This is what we live in now. is called the church age. And through the seven churches, we see the church from its beginning until today and on until Jesus comes. And that then brings us to the third division of the book of Revelation. What will happen later? What's coming in the future? And that's found in chapters 4 through 22. And it is that. It's that division that we're going to be spending all our time on this summer. We're going to be spending our time on what it is that's going to happen later. God revealing his end time plans for mankind. And we're going to have a great summer. And the Bible promises that all who, who participate with us in this are going to have a blessed summer. And what follower of Jesus doesn't want to be blessed? We don't have to be afraid of this book. We don't have to avoid it. And here's why. I, I'll answer 
that statement with, with two questions. You love Jesus, right? And you like winning, right? I mean, nobody likes to lose, except losers. I don't. I mean, you don't look like losers to me. Look, we love Jesus and we love to win. And that's what the book of Revelation is about. It's about Jesus winning in the end. So let's move forward together in expectation of a blessed, exciting summer in the book of Revelation. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning? I told you that today is a message of introduction. And I just want to leave this with you today. Don't be afraid of the book of Revelation. Don't feel like it's going to be too confusing for you, that it's going to be too hard. Yeah, there's some hard things, but we're going to do our best to to give it to you in bite-sized pieces. We love Jesus, we love winning, and we love being blessed. And man, that is a trifecta of an incredible summer together. So I just want to encourage you right now. Let's just take a moment and let's just pray, God... Open my eyes to your revelation. I believe that you want me to understand and be blessed by this book. And so, God, I'm committing that I'm going to be a part of this study. And I want to grow in your word. And I want to know everything I can know about your return. Would you take a moment and do that? Heavenly Father, we love you. We, we're so grateful for many things that we that we talked about today, that we sung about. We're grateful that the cross of Christ will never lose its power in us because you are the first and the last, the beginning and the end, and that you are victorious over all who will oppose you. So, Father, I, I pray that that would excite us, that it would strengthen us, that it would encourage us. And God, I pray that as we spend the time this summer going through your word in the book of Revelation, that you would bless us. Help us to understand. Help us to be spiritually minded. Help us not to so focus on the symbols of Revelation that we miss the Savior of Revelation. We love you. Thank you for the scriptures. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.